Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, it's every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, 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 what's good? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier. And today, man, y'all know I'm, I'm not into the small talk. We getting right to it. Today, we got a very, um, very, very special guest, man. This guy, he owns a restaurant that I'm at like once a month, man. Since I moved to Dallas, I'm always there. This is my favorite restaurant. So I had to reach out and get him on the show. He's an attorney and an entrepreneur. His name is Kevin Kelly. Welcome to the show, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. It's a pleasure. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. I, I think I think this is gonna be like I always say, um, this is gonna be one of them ones. I know it's gonna be a dope episode that you can bring a lot of value <laughs> to people. So let, let's get straight to it. So for the people who may be under a rock, may not be uh, aware of you, do you mind just give us some uh, background on yourself? Let yeah, for you sure. Are. My name is Kevin Kelly. I'm an attorney by trade. I own restaurants, uh, nightclub, real estate, market investments, and a few other things. Uh, a lot of people know me from kitchen and cocktails mm-hmm. and restaurants, so I'm always excited to talk about that because. We serve hundreds of thousands of people a year, but I'm thankful for everybody that comes into the restaurant. So when you hit me, you said that you love the restaurant, man. I'm mm-hmm. glad to be here and share some game with you. Definitely, definitely appreciate that. So what got you um, into the restaurant industry? Man, you know, I'm like everybody else, man. I love food and I love drinks. And I think a lot of us are fantasize about, man, if I had a restaurant, I could sit there, hang out with my friends. I could enjoy myself. But, you know, years ago I was living in Europe, so I would be in America working as an attorney five days a month, and then I live in Europe 10 days, another five days a month, and then in Europe 10 days. So I lived in Spain for four years and Paris for a year. The entire time I'm in Europe living, you know, I miss the food that we have in America, the comfort food, the shrimp and grits, chicken and waffles. You know, the vibe was good in Europe. You know, it was great to meet phenomenal people, but the food just wasn't the same. So when the opportunity came to get into food and beverage, I was all in on it. Mm, that makes sense. Now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense because when I go to Kitchen and Cocktails, even though it's comfort food, it has like a fine dining twist to it. It don't feel like, a lot of times with comfort food, it's like you got to go to like a hood spot, right. hole in the wall kind of spot. But that ain't the vibe of Kitchen and Cocktails at all. It's very like a, 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 a upscale vibe to it. Yeah, you so, know, we try not to make that be the vibe. You know, I won't say we're upscale because we're not white tablecloth. Right, right, right tuxedo um, uh, staff and you know we could be that but we'd have to charge a lot more for our customers but as far as fast casual that's what we are we love it man we love the little sweet spot that we fit in mm. and some something else i noticed i don't know if this was like intentional or not but i noticed when i'm, when I'm in a restaurant you got the um the pictures on the wall like michael jordan uh i think it's like lebron right it's, i think it's a couple other athletes too but what i noticed when i was eating there i'm like they not in their uniform. They're not in the ad, the athletic wear. they all in, like, suits and ties. I don't know if that's intentional. I want to ask, like, is that when I was last time I was there, you know, I want to ask them, is that, like, something intentional or, like, that's is that one, just an that's, accident? That's 100% intentional. So when you walk into our upstairs area called the Asset Lounge, you see Rihanna, Beyonce, Obama. You see a lot of black figures, but you don't see them in their sports uniforms. Mm. Uh, you see business figures as well, like Robert Smith, one of the black billionaires right. who's making a big difference. And for me, I want us to be able to have success as a people, but our success does not just come from sports. We're talented, we're smart, and there's so many other ways that we can be seen as successful without being athletes. You know, there's a lot of blacks that are on real estate, so there are a lot of blacks that are entrepreneurs and that are creating. And we need to put a platform on those people so that we can show the youth who may not be athletes or who may not be inclined towards sports or the entertainment world that they can be super successes also. Mm. And is that something like, have you always thought this way? Well, coming up, did you want to be like an athlete or anything like that? 
I was it always business for you? You know, everybody liked to play ball, but you right. know, I had a, you know, I have a phenomenal mom who's always pushed me towards education. And so I recall sitting in class with her when she was getting her master's degree. And so education was always what she pushed. And so that let me know from an early age that the books were going to be my way to have success. And so I went to college at Paul Quinn College. And then from there, I went to law school at the University of Houston. Um, but I've just been blessed by God to be entrepreneurial. And it's been a phenomenal thing for me. Mm. And mentioning Paul Quinn, I know you just before we started, you said you just gave away like uh, with some scholarships, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm excited about that. I actually spoke at the school about six months ago and I committed to give back. And so we were fortunate enough a couple of weeks ago to give scholarships to a number of young ladies who go to the school so we can have a focus on women and then being able to have success. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is they see me, they see some of the things that I'm doing, but they don't know that there are a lot of phenomenal black and other women that are behind my concepts and my success. And so being able to do that scholarship for the young ladies at Paul Quinn was a tribute to my mom, but also a tribute to the phenomenal ladies that work with me and my concepts. That's pretty, that's uh, extremely important, man. And um, I don't know if you, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm very, I'm pretty sure you're aware of uh, Reginald Lewis. Yeah. And, uh, mm -hmm. His book. That's, that's, I don't know, that just popped up on my head. That's kind of who you remind me of. I don't, I, I want to, I brought this up because I want to ask who are the people in business specifically? Because we always talk about athletes and rappers and stuff that people look up to. Who is the, like, the business figures that you looked up to over the years? It's Reginald Lewis, my frat brother. That's oh, a frat brother. Yeah, okay. you know, Reginald Lewis was a member of Cap Alpha Psi. You know, unfortunately, okay. he's deceased now, but they mm -hmm. called him the first black billionaire. Right. You know, he's got a book that I recommend that everybody read mm -hmm. called Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Mm -hmm. uh, my sons, Kevin and Christian, who are here with us today at the podcast, they've had to read it. Other people that I mentor too, but, you know, he was a lawyer. He was involved in mergers and acquisitions. He was involved in acquiring businesses and running them himself. And so he's been a phenomenal figure for me to see and understand that, okay, you can own businesses, you can operate them, you can acquire them, and you can win that way. You can also make a difference for others too. Mm -hmm. And something I know, I was having a conversation recently with somebody, and I was saying something I noticed when you look at, look at prominent business people in the country, even politicians, usually their background is something to do with being a lawyer. And I was wondering, like, why? What? let me ask you, why do you think that is? You know, I don't know. You know, law school isn't easy, and that process may not be a fun one for a lot of people, but it teaches you to think differently. It teaches you to look at the fine details. You know, if I go to court, which I still am a practicing attorney, okay. uh, my law firm, the Kelly Law Firm, I've recovered over half a billion dollars for people. Mm. So that's my, that's my job. That's my day job. The other things are investments. They're fun. I love them. It's a chance to give back. But, you know, if I miss a decimal point in court, I could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. If I'm five minutes late to court, I could lose out on a million-dollar case. You know, we have to be so different as a lawyer. We have to think so analytically. And that's been an advantage for me in going into the food and beverage world or even the nightclub world. You know, I think the big challenge is making sure that my mindset and what I've been trained to, to do to have success as a lawyer, that it flows down to other people. And, and that's the hard thing when you have hundreds of employees like I do now. But that's, that's what makes business fun, though, the challenge. So when you talk about sports and kids wanting to be athletes, you know, this, this business world is true competition. And that's where you really get out there and get it. And even the athletes, you know, they aspire to be business people at some point. Yep. And so I think this is something that we need to push for all of our kids. Mm, I agree. And mentioning the, um, mentioning the nightclub. So I just found out recently that you own Vivo. I didn't even know. I've been there with uh, one of my uh, one of my homies. We went together and it was rocking. I'm like, that's this spot. And it's right <laughs> next to uh, Kitchen of Cocktails. And I found out you own the whole building. Right. So how important is, like, uh, ownership to you? Because a lot of times, as uh, uh, people that run businesses, we rent the location right. we at. So why is that so important, having ownership? Well, you know what? I'll actually back you up further than that when you talk about Vivo. I'm glad you went to the nightclub and had a good time. We're thankful yeah. you spent some money with us. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, you know, service is number one. And so with Kitchen and Cocktails and Vivo, my job is to serve people. It doesn't matter what I've done, what I've accomplished. My job is to work for everybody who works walks through our doors. So that's important. 
Now that real estate part of it is important as well. When I bought that building many years ago, I actually didn't want it because the club was in it. Really? And so I walked away from the deal. And so a couple years later, they still wanted to sell it, but I had to buy the club. So I reluctantly bought that building with the club in it. And so the pandemic came around and it was leased by, out by a group. And the beautiful thing about that is the group that leased the club, which is 19,000 of 53,000 square feet, their rent was covering the entire mortgage for the building. Wow. But during the pandemic, they weren't able to pay because of um, difficult times. And a lot of people had them too. And a lot of people don't know the story on how I got into the club business. Right. And so I approached them and said, hey, you've got a private room up top. If you let me use this room up top, I can make more restaurant revenue than you're paying in rent. And then I won't worry about collecting from you in the, in the short term. And in the long term, you can come back when the pandemic's over. So they agreed to that. And so the next day, I thought I was going to be able to use that room. But they called me back and said, you know, hey, we can't do that. So I said, well, what do you mean you can't do it? I need to use a space. You can't pay me rent. At this point, you owe me a couple hundred thousand bucks. I kept a real player with you up to this point. So at, at this point, you've got to work with me. And they refused to. So you know what happened the next day, right? I kicked them out, locked the doors. And so that's how I got into the club business. Whoa. And I put my own team in place, which is a Latino team. I've got a phenomenal, phenomenal business superstar named Carlos Videla who runs it. On our busier nights, he's got a couple, not, not a couple hundred, but he's got a hundred employees on, over there on busier nights from security staff of 20 plus, of young ladies who work there of 30, of a management team of five plus, bartenders, busters, barbacks. And so um, it's been a great opportunity not to be in a club because a club isn't my thing, but it's been a great opportunity to be involved in commerce when it comes to entertainment. And Vivo is a successful business that hires a number of people. And it's been really, really fun for me. And I look forward to the concept scaling, too, because we have future Vivos to come. Mm, and it's, it's uh, for those listening and watching, it's, it's definitely a dope spot, man. I've been, like, I've been once and it was it was a vibe for real. Yeah, check us out on Instagram, at Vivo Dallas. Okay, okay. At Vivo Dallas. Make sure y'all check that out, everybody listening. And let me let me ask you this regarding uh, entrepreneurship and business. What do you think makes uh, um, a successful entrepreneur? Yes, that's an that's a interesting question. Um, I think what makes a successful entrepreneur may not be your revenue, but, but it may be your ability to get back up. You know, when you're in business, you take so many losses and people don't see it. Um, with me now, people may see kitchen and cocktails, the club, the real estate, the other things. They're like, man, this guy is winning. Look at what he's got. Um, but they don't see how much I lose. I take mm. L's every single day. Really? I'm getting my, all the time, man. And people don't see it. You know, real estate deals. You know, it's been easier I just bought a building in another city that's going to be a 37,000 square foot indoor, outdoor, and rooftop development. It was easier for me to do a deal that's an eight-figure deal than it's been for me to lease a building in Dallas to put one restaurant in. And, and when I say it's been easier to buy that right. building and to do this development, you know, I've been to so many sites. I've, I've submitted so many proposals to get real estate, and so many times I've been turned down and told no. And then I'll see those same locations, and it'll be a white concept there. Mm -hmm. You do the research to see who's operating, and it'll be a white chef or a white operator who's failed so many times, but I've never, ever failed with the concept. And I've created nine multi-million dollar businesses with success at this point. But I see people who haven't had my success get opportunities that I don't. Mm -hmm. And so in the process, you know, from a macro level, I'm not getting those opportunities. But from a micro level, I'm still submitting my business deck to show what I have. Right. I'm still submitting my net worth statement. I'm still showing the, the details of, of, of what we're doing with these concepts and why we're having success. But it's always no. But that's what's made me successful mm. with business because when it comes down to it, I don't give a shit. I'm going to keep going and nothing's going to stop me and nothing is going to stop my team either. And so um, I wouldn't say that's made me a successful entrepreneur, but I say that's what's made my team successful because I've got a strong team of people, a couple of them who are here with me now that are making sure that we win and that can make sure that we serve. That's very uh, interesting because I think 
it's, it's funny because I, I swear I was just having a conversation. I think sometimes that when people get to a certain level, they become like too prideful. It's like, well, I'm too big for this. I right. got millions of dollars. I shouldn't have to do this. And they like just kind of fall back from things. And you said like you still submitted things or all the accomplishments you had, you still keep keep going. I think that's a that's a huge um, that says a lot about your character. Well, you know, I, I love what I do. I've been very blessed with what I've been able to accomplish. Um, two phenomenal sons, Kevin and Christian, that are here. You see um, Chris Petrie, who's with me now. It's been like an older brother to me for years who helps run my companies. Um, I've got Redwan Atil here with me in this interview as well, my best friend from Europe who's moving to America to help me with the expansion of Vivo. Um, my team is resilient. And so it's not even so much me as it is the people that I've been blessed to have God put around me. And this team is why I've had success and why we'll continue to have success. So as we fail along the way, it's okay because we've got so many winners, Chris, Aaron Brown, Mike Ashton, Patricia Morgan, uh, Vanessa Brown, Rico Spears, Deborah, Deborah Hill, so many others that are, that are locked in when it comes to winning and locked in when it comes to business. Tyler Castro, phenomenal team that even if I feel like losing or feel like falling down, I got people who are going to pick me up. And so that's probably the biggest jewel that I can give during this interview is whatever you're doing or whatever you're trying to accomplish, put the right team around you because your winning and success doesn't always have everything to do with you, but it has to do with who you surround yourself with. And God's given me some great people. Mm. And with that being said, how do you um, evaluate someone to know that this is this could be a good member for a team? You know, I, the earlier on you start, the better. You know, my sons are 16 and 17, and I tell them to, hey, watch who you're around. Watch how they move. Um, they throw parties at the club for teenagers, and they get okay. a chance to be involved in business, too. And when they have their night, all of my staff becomes their staff. And so the 100 or so people at Vivo may be 30 or 40 people on their night, but they have to make sure they're running things right, operating, having their friends work. How do they move? Do they commit? Do they work hard? Or are they just lazy hanging out? Um Learning people early on is an advantage. My core team that's been with me, Aaron Brown, Mike Ash, and Chris Petrie, those three guys, we've been together for the past 25 years since we were kids. And so I'm fortunate that all these guys are degreed now. Uh, when I didn't have, they were the same guys that they are now. And when I have and these guys have, we're still the same guys. So having that core team, especially when they're intelligent, will help you win with business, but it'll also keep you grounded as a person as well because how could you act like you're special or you're a superstar, you're better than other folks when you're with the same people you've been around before? And they say balance, too. And so that's, that's been a positive thing for me. Mm, I, I love that message, man. And uh, I want to talk about image for a second because all the pictures I've seen, you stay dapper, man. Like, fresh and stuff <laughs> with the suits. And then within the last year, I've been uh, I've been buying suits myself. I always told myself when I first started branding, I said, when I turn 30, I'm going to just wear suits, man. I got to get the professional look down pat. But I want to ask you, image, like, why, why is it so important, from your opinion, for especially black men to present themselves a certain way professionally? You know, people are always watching. And so you have to pick and choose your moments. You want to be happy, too. Right. You know, I, I, I'm not going to. Before I came to this interview, I was in my office, and I'm not seeing anybody. I'm working. I got some nice Fear of God pants on. <laughs> I got a white tee. I got on a couple gold chains, and I got on some Jordan 3s, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But I was coming to this interview, so I said, let me give you a better impression of me, just in case people see this interview. I want them mm -hmm. to understand another side of me also. So you just pick and choose your spots. You know, a, a suit's not necessary for success, but sometimes a suit is proper because the world needs to understand that we can wear custom suits, that we can present the right way. And there's so many sides of 
That's the beautiful thing about being black, too. It's so many sides of us, man. Mm -hmm. We can be in so many different worlds. But but I respect you with the suit thing, man. I got a great tailor for you if you're looking for somebody, oh, man. Oh, definitely. Plug me. Plug me, man. I'll, I'll be going to uh, suit supply, but we'll, we'll talk about that all we'll the time. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, I, want, I also want to ask you, this is probably a selfish question. It's about fatherhood because I'm uh, about to be a new father. I'm having my first child in a couple months. Congrats. So, thank you. Thank you. So I want to ask you, give me some... Um, Give me some game, man. What's some what's some um, advice you could give me on how to be a great father? You know what? Um, loving your kids is the most important thing and being present. You know, all the money in the world can't replace time with your kids. And, you know, I tell people I could have made so many millions more if, if I wasn't with my kids all the time, traveling to soccer tournaments or being with them in Europe. Um, I've got sons that have been ranked number 11 in the country in soccer and number 21 in the country in soccer. So I've got some good athletes. Um, my oldest one is committed to Princeton. He turned out scholarships to a number of That's schools dope. just to go to Princeton because we know what they can do for his mind as opposed to what a soccer ball can do for him in the short term. Uh, my youngest one is on the same path, too. Just came back from Kentucky on a recruiting trip. He's got a couple other big ones, but I'm pushing to try to send him to an Ivy League school, too. But in terms of uh, fatherhood, man, taking it back, I put him in sports when they were young. And that was important because I knew sports in sports, they were going to take a lot of losses, too. You know, these guys are injured sometimes. Sometimes they may not make the national team, which my oldest one's played for the USA. My younger one's been waiting for his opportunity. Um, those things affect them, and, and it bothers them. So when they're happy, they're happy. When they're down, they're down. But it teaches them to be resilient. And so if you learn to be resilient from the age of 5 to the age of, let's say, 22, 23, when they start doing their own business deals, you know, if they lose out on a big deal, I don't have to worry about these guys jumping off a building or being depressed because they've been built to take losses. Right. They've taken losses since they were young, and so now that they're older, it's all good. Um, another thing, too, is, is the markets and investing. Start saving for them. We always spend money to hang out, vacations, and do a lot of things that are important to living life because, you know, life is still about the pursuit of happiness. You want to mm -hmm. enjoy yourself. But in, in that pursuit of happiness, be mindful that you have people that you're responsible for. So even at a young age, at the ages of, I think, 9 and 11, uh, the money that I gave my sons, I put it in an E-Trade investment account. Um, I taught them what I was investing in. I let them see one of my portfolios so they could understand my purchases. I gave them my philosophy of investing in companies that you know, like, and understand, whether it's a Nike, whether it's an Apple, all these things we come across. So let's start there and learn how to invest. So now these guys are fortunate enough to manage their own portfolios that are substantial with their own money. And so when they get older, they already have a head start on the game. Right. So these guys at the age of 16 and 17, they're probably mentally where I was at the age of 28, 29. And so that goes back on, on what's really, really big to me. Anything that I know, I tell my sons. Anything that I know. Uh, my development that's coming, my oldest son is working with the renderer so he can make sure the building from an exterior perspective looks like it needs to look. Then he and his brother will work from an interior perspective. Mm. So by the time this development is done, when one boy is 18 and the other boy is 17, these guys will have done their first multi-million dollar development. That's an eight-figure development. And, and, and again, oh. a lot of it is just exposure. Right. And so why do they get credit for developing it or how can they develop it? Well, because you tell them, hey, what does it need to look like? Let's find some comparative buildings. Okay, here are the drawings. Um, do we have enough bars? You know, hey, we're going to have this much staff. Do we have ways of egress or ingress from the elevator to the back way? You know, what do we have? You know, hey, our, our background playground area we're going to have, how do we want to design that? Well, here's one that looks good. Get on Pinterest, get on Google, and find me some other ones that work that way. And so what I'm trying to do is teach them everything that I know so they don't have to come into the game buying a building for 640000 like my first one was. They can come into the game doing a deal that's going to be a 20, 30, at, at a minimum million-dollar building by the time they're age 22 or 23, which is in four or five years. So 
you know, for me, the biggest thing is just giving them everything that I have so I can position them to win for life. Mm, putting a lot of time in them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what I took away and, from and it's And it's cool, too, man, even at a simple perspective. When my boys were young, I'm riding around listening to Can't Ban the Snowman. I'm, <laughs> I'm, watching, I'm watching Troy. Mm -hmm. I'm eating at certain restaurants. So the reality of it is these guys are like me. They like what I like. We listen to the same music we enjoy. I'm riding in the car with them on the way here. I'm Shazamming some of their songs because right. I don't know them. And I have kids that I like. And I have kids that I like because we spent time together and we're so similar. And you'll find as you get a little older, man, there, there are people that have kids that don't really like their kids. They That's don't crazy. get along with their kids. They don't want to spend time with them. But as crazy as it sounds, it's life. Right. Because if you got a kid and you ain't been around them all the time, your kid might get in the car. If you see your kid two times a month, and he might get in the car playing punk rock. Well, why would he play something else? Because he ain't yeah. been around you listening to you, listening to Jay-Z or, or something mm -hmm. else. And so that time is really, really important. And I think it pays off in the big scheme of things. One that's of my, my son Christian's over here laughing at me now. <laughs> uh, that's a heavy game, man. I, I appreciate that. And Thank I, you. I, I also want to talk about um, the restaurant industry for a second because yeah. they say that is the most difficult uh, industry to be in as a business person. And I remember one of my aunts, she had a, a, a successful restaurant in Chicago. And I remember she used to always tell me, like, man, it's hard. she used to be stressed out a lot. So I want to ask you, like, how do you uh, maneuver some of those challenges? You know what? It starts with the foundation. I like to serve, man. Um, it's really, really, it's one thing to be a lawyer mm -hmm. and you've got one client and you're wearing your custom suit and you're going into court and you're out carrying your briefcase and you seem to be operating at the highest end of the, of the professional rung. But it's another one to work in a restaurant and you've got thousands of people coming in over a weekend and you serve all those people too. So it's humbling. And so for me, it, it, it's great to serve everyone who comes in to try to give them what they want. And you always can, but it's a good challenge. And my team works really, really hard to meet those challenges. And so that's why we've had success. You know, we try to make sure that not only is our food good, but that our drinks are good, but that our music is good also. There are right. a number of factors that we've tried to make formulaic so that we have success. But even in terms of the restaurant, too, you know, we opened up in Dallas and we were sold out from the beginning in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, people were surprised a lawyer could have such success with a restaurant. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, a restaurant's a business. And so I've been very well educated in business and I've got very, very good business people around me. And so I, I try to encourage people and give them good advice on starting a business. But whether it's a restaurant or something else, what does your business plan look like? And so if you tell me you want to open a business, but your business plan is five or six pages, then maybe it's a snow cone stand, right? But if you have a business and you have entities that you want to do millions and millions in revenue, then maybe you should have a hundred and something page business plan like I have for Kitchen and Cocktails. Mm. And a lot of people don't understand that. My business plan for Kitchen and Cocktails is 115 pages. That's crazy. And I wrote every single word myself because it was important to put the work in to make sure I could win. With my law firm, the Kelly Law Firm, my business plan is 50 plus pages. With Club Vivo, my business plan is 50 plus pages. All those things matter. And so we try to be hardworking. We tried to be formulaic. We tried to be um, move with an understanding of the market so that we could try to have success. But for, for me, that's what it's come down to. And again, that's hard work. And even on the subject of hard work, you know, it takes it takes time to create a hundred and something page business right. plan. But I, I got the time. I got seven days a week. I'm going to work 70, 80 hours a week because I love my jobs. People are like, man, 70, 80 hours a week, man. You know, I'm a 40 hour a week guy. Well, if you don't have success, don't look at me. Look at the hours that you're working. Uh -huh, that's right. it, it, it makes a difference. And so when you put in your 70 hours a week, which is what I always tell people anytime I speak, you know, you've got a you've got a, a 30 hour edge on other people. You know, 40 hours a week gives you 120, 128 hours in the week to do whatever you want to do. Well, you know, no, nah, I'm going to take 70 
And so I'm going to use the other 98 to go eat, to sleep, to hang out, have a good time. But at a minimum, I'm going to put those 70 hours in so I can have a 115-page business plan instead of a nine-page one so that I can understand the market, so that I can find how I want my development to look based on other developments across the country. And so, you know, success with the restaurant um, hasn't been by chance. It hasn't been luck. My team has put the work in. And again, not me. I don't want to take any credit. I, I take... I take advantage of the blessing that God has given me, mm -hmm. but my team of, of Chris Petrie, Aaron Brown, Mike Ashton, Patricia Morgan, all these people that I named before, those are the reasons that I have success, and they understand the importance of working hard. Now, even my sons, Kevin and Christian, have worked in the restaurant. They understand the importance of working hard. So having a team like that has helped me have success, but it can help anybody else have success as well. Mm -hmm. And it's no guarantee, but it damn sure is going to increase your odds. You know, you put me up a person who uh, up up against a person who wants what I want, but they're gonna work forty hours a week. Guess what? I'm gonna get it. You gonna get away before them? Yeah, because I go ninety hundred if I got you. I'm not gonna stop. And a lot of people want things and say, "This is my goal and this is my ambition." Well, you know, it's what I told some of the people that work for me. Stop lying. Don't tell me what your kids want. Don't tell me what your kids desire, where they want to go to school. Don't talk to me about the car that you want. Don't talk to me about the clothes you want. Don't talk to me about where you want to eat at if you're not going to put that work in. Mm -hmm. You put that work in, we can have a conversation. But if you're not going to grind, don't talk to me about the elements of shine and, and the small things you want to do to have fun out here. Mm. That's, uh, I, got, I got a couple things I want to touch on with that. But first, I want to talk on, because I noticed that you mentioned serving a lot. And this is something that many, I remember I had somebody on, he had a uh, spritzer business, and he sold it to Coca-Cola for $100 million. And I asked him, like, you know, about the business, he said the number one thing was he was trying to create something that can be the best product for people. He just focused on serving others. So I noticed that's a very common theme with successful people. It's all about ser about serving other people. Right. So with that being said, like, how does someone, because a lot of people, I feel like they can't grasp that mentality. Like, just focus on other people. They so focus on themselves and getting and getting and getting. They don't think about actually giving. So if somebody wants to uh, acquire those traits. What's some things you could give them so they can learn to become a more serving person? You know, I think you just got to be mindful of your blessings. You know, I have a very, very good mom who raised me well, and I've got a good father and a good family. And so it's important to be humble. And so even with the restaurant, we're far from perfect. With all of my businesses, we're far from perfect. But I never forget that these are the people that allow me to, to, to provide for my family and to make sure my friends have opportunities too, which my three best friends work with me. And so it's not just me and my family. It's those that I love and that I care for that are in my companies as well. And so um, service is always going to be important because mm -hmm. we're eating and we're taking care of ourselves because people are good to us. And, you know, being in the, in the restaurant industry, for me, it's just a reminder of people are so good. You see a lot of things in society that knock people. You see Twitter that always gives people a hard time. But, <laughs> man, people are beautiful, man. Yeah. We're good to each other. We give each other opportunities. We're kind. We, we pay... We, we patronize each other's businesses. Um, how, how could we not want to serve? You know, how could you not want to be good to someone who's walking into your place to buy food, drinks, to go to your club, to dance, or to go to your law firm and allow you the opportunity to, to serve them when they're in their worst days? Were there ever a uh, time where it was things that you thought that you, could, that you couldn't accomplish? And the reason I'm asking is because, in my opinion, I think sometimes as, as, as uh, black men or women, we use things as a crutch of why we can't do it. I'll speak to somebody they're like, man, you know we can't do that. I'm black. We black. Well, so that, well, did you ever have that mindset or did you always have the mindset of I could accomplish anything if I just put my mind to it and put the effort into it? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not even just me. My team has that mindset. Mm. And again, it comes back to the team again, because even if there's a day that I feel like, man, I can't do this or I'm having problems, then one of my guys is going to say, nah, this is what we do. We can't do that. And so what happens over time is you become forged in that steel and, and you get to the point that I'm at now where I feel like there's nothing that I want to accomplish that I can't. Now, it may take hard work. Um, it may take sacrifice. And maybe I don't pull it off. But right now, I feel like I can do anything. And what? What is the uh, some of your long-term goals? What do you see yourself 20 years from now? Man, still working, having fun, man. I love what I do. You know, I want to sell more food. I want more people dancing in my clubs. I want more real estate, and I want my sons to, have, to be successful. That's probably the driving factor for me. Uh, that's important. Uh, my core team that's with me, I want them to have success for their family and for their kids also. You know, I've got some fantastic people, and I look forward to seeing their kids stay involved in the business or understand the sacrifices of their parents so they can have good opportunities as well. And I hope that with what I'm doing that I can have more success, but I also hope that I can be a platform for others too so others can say, okay, this guy is pursuing something that he likes. We can do it as well. And this is my uh, this is the final question I got for you. So somebody that's listening or watching, and they're like, dang, man, Kelly, Kevin, he's super dope. Like, I, I strive to be someone like him, but they don't see – they can't, sometimes when you're young, especially you come from certain environments, you like you can't even see two years from now, five years from now. Right. So for that person that doesn't see a way out of their uh, current circumstance, what's your best piece of advice you have for them? Probably follow me at Attorney Kevin Kelly. You know, I'm yeah. always trying to share these same messages online so that people can understand that it's more than just um, shining or it's more than just believing you can't shine. You know, we can all do it. And I think that I've been a, a fair example of being able yeah. to have some success. But you know, one thing my father told me is that if somebody else has accomplished something before, there's no reason you can't do it. And so I move with that passion and with that understanding, and I try to teach my kids and my friends that. And so if anybody's watching this, and they can dang sure do it. If anybody is watching and they have any respect or like or admiration for what I've done, then my message is you can do it, and you can do it 10 times better. Just put that work in. Just make sure you stay prayerful. Make sure you understand that God is the reason why. Um, you're here and why things have been well and surround yourself with the right people, even from a pastoral perspective. My pastor, Robert Kennedy, another pastoral friend, Chauncey Franks, pastoral friend, uh, Charles Jones. Those people being around me are why I've been blessed and why I have success. But anybody who's watching, you can dang sure do it. And if anybody tells you that you can't, then, then get away from those people. Mm, this, I'll take that back. This is my final question. Take what is time. your biggest lesson since you say you built, you, you built several millionaire uh, businesses? What is your biggest lesson? throughout that whole process that you learned about actually building seven, eight-figure companies? Put the work in. The it's work, day, huh? it, man. It comes down to work. You know, people don't want to work, man. You know, on Saturday and Sunday, anybody watching this video, on Saturdays, when Saturday, Sunday comes, you celebrate, you at home hanging out, you, you're chilling, you're smoking hookah, you're drinking. <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing? Are you putting the work in? It's not to say you don't have fun. Look, man, I have a lot of fun. Trust and believe that I have a lot of fun, but the more you... Are, you accomplish, and the more you obtain, the fun is a different level. Mm. So you you might not you might not see me in a club in Dallas spending fifteen hundred bucks, but you might catch me in Batignon in Paris dropping fifteen racks. Talk but talk. I'm still gonna, <laughs> I'm still gonna put that work in day in and day out, so I can have those experiences. That's the stuff that's important. So if there's anything that comes from this, put that work in, and you'll be rewarded from it. And there's plenty of time to rest. And I tell people too, it's hard to hear something like this and to go from forty yeah. hours a week to jump to seventy. Because this is really like sport too, man. You can't run four miles a day and then on the next day you run seven miles and think it's going to be okay. But slowly build yourself up and build yourself up to where you want to be at to accomplish things. 
do a to-do list every day, which I struggle with too sometimes, right, uh, right. but have your to-do list so you can outline your objectives and, and you can win when you put that work in. You know, Kevin, with social media, everybody wants that instant instant success. They yeah. see somebody like you, they like, man, forget putting in work. I want what Kevin got next week. Yeah. I can't put years in work, so but you I definitely agree with you, man. But mm. social I feel like social media then screws so many people's brains up where they want stuff instantaneous. Man, look, man, I, I I preach so much on that, man. On social media, everybody's winning. Everybody Ain't winning. nobody losing on social media. So it can be damaging to a certain point, but you know, your platform is really, really special. Um, on my social media, I've got like 10,000 followers. I follow about 111 people. Why? Because I don't need to see everything. I need to see a few family members, a few friends, and I need to see things like your site so I can understand how to be better, get game, get information, and try to improve myself. Um, but I wouldn't even, you know, for those who want to win, let social media be a tool for you. It's been great for me. It's been great for my businesses, and I wish everybody well. Um, but don't think social media is the end-all, be-all. Use it as an opportunity to see what's out there and put that work in to, to, to get to where you want to get. And for those who are winning, be genuine, too, and share with your people on social media your losses, the things that you go through, so people can understand all sides of things. And I would hope that maybe you'll be respected more for that. I love it. Like one of my older family members, he say, if you're winning on social media, make sure you win it off social media in real life, too. Right. <laughs> but in wrapping up, I just want to say I really appreciate you taking the time to come all the way out to the studio to get this done, man. Like, you brought a lot of value, man. I really appreciate it. But before we wrap up, do you mind plugging all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, uh, the restaurant, everything? For sure. Uh, restaurant in Dallas is at Kitchen Cocktails Dallas. That's uh, Kitchen with a K, Cocktails with a K. And Chicago is at Kitchen Cocktails Shy. Um, the law firm is at Kelly Law Firm. The club is at Vivo Dallas, and I'm at Attorney Kevin Kelly. So if I can help anybody, you see what I got going on online, then reach out to me and let me know. But I want to see all of us win, and we all can. Definitely, man. And appreciate that again. Before we wrap up, you guys can follow me on all platforms at the official Xavier Miller, and you can follow the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast on all platforms as well. This is all we have for this episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get Appreciate your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant